Hello, welcome to Industry Reactions. Industry Reactions is a weekly briefing on industry events, changes, and future trends that impact your business. I'm your host, Rick Honer, and today I'm joined by a special guest and Champions Club winner, Seth Sedberry from Chempoint. Welcome, Seth. Hey, how's it going? As a reminder, you can find Industry Reactions on YouTube, LinkedIn, and as a podcast. For those watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button, ring that notification bell, and smash the like button. We plan on discussion issues that impact the global industry and help you uncover new opportunities. We hope this will provide market intelligence that will keep you ahead of changing conditions. Awesome. Well, first in news, uh, the chemical market shrug off the Colonial Pipeline outage. A ransomware attack last week led the Colonial Pipeline to shut its 5,500-mile system transporting gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel from the U.S. Gulf Coast to the Atlantic Coast, Gulf Coast, Atlantic Coast. Uh, I'm sure everyone's aware of this because we've all been watching everyone fill up trash bags with gasoline for the last week. Um, but a phase restart began after six days on the 12th of May. Unlike a 2016 incident where Colonial's gas line was shut down for six days because of a leak, spot prices did not catapult to multi-month highs in New York Harbor, nor did they plummet in the Uf U.S. Gulf Coast following this month's incident. Which is funny because basically the entire uh, gas price incident was only because of people buying out of panic. Uh, the muted market response may be explained by the changing supply structure along the U.S. East Coast and chronic surplus of global refining ca capacity exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. Furthermore, the shutdown has had no impact, impact on the aromatics market, um, says analysts at IHS Market, although that could have changed if the outage had extended through next week. Yeah, so I think we're everybody's breathing a little bit of uh, sigh of relief around this one. I don't know if you saw, but uh, Brenteg, who's another global chemical distributor, was also they got hit. They had to pay uh, a, about a four and a half million dollar ransom to get out. Um, look, I I would not wish this on my worst enemy, and it's it's a larger and growing, and clearly they've identified our industry as, as target rich, where we've got a lot of very large corporations that have underinvested in technology. And um, so I view this as only the beginning and it's going to continue to escalate. All right, so as we jump into uh, chemicals, global chemicals production, um, there was a slight pause that eased a little bit in March. Um, there, you know, there's been a recovery, recovery that's been going on since last June. Um, during March, the chemical output grew in Africa and the Middle East and the Asia Pacific region and was pretty weak elsewhere. Um, the headline global production was up 18% year over year on a three-month moving average basis since output was down a year ago due to the COVID. Uh, situation. Also during March, global capacity rose only 0.2%, uh, but was up 2.1% uh, on a year-over-year -year basis. I mean, for me, this is kind of interesting, especially being right in the middle of it. I, you know, a, a pause, maybe. Um, I have a hard time believing that because it, the demand still seems very strong. I, I've I feel like this data is just kind of telling us that there's a supply side situation going on here where producers simply can't produce, they can't get feedstocks that they need to produce uh, in this particular environment. 
for the week in the next slide, uh, U.S. weekly rail traffic was up 26.9%, year-to-date up 4%. Uh, for the week ending in May 8th, uh, they reported uh, such numbers. And for the first 18 weeks of 2021, U.S. railroads reported a cumulative up 4% from the same point last year. So that's promising news. Uh, and you can just imagine where it would be if we all those issues we just talked about hadn't been taking place. Like, you uh, might be up even three times that much if we just had material to ship. Yeah, and I think for the next couple months on a year-over-year -year basis, it's going to continue to grow because it was basically a ghost town for this time last year. Oh, my goodness, it was. All right, so on to uh, product introductions and company announcements. So this is a pretty cool story uh, where Eastman and SAP have collaborated and will leverage uh, blockchain-based platform of Green Token to provide visibility through the value chain of sustainable products such as specialty plastics produced with Eastman's molecular recycling technologies. Green Token is a blockchain technology for tracing certified recycled content through the value chain. Um, through data transparency enabled by blockchain, the platform is designed to give brands and the consumers traceable information of sustainable attributes and products, including their percentage of certified recycled content. So pretty interesting. Speaking of technology, you know, we were just talking about um, uh, uh, technology companies and, and being a little further behind, but this is a pretty good story of leveraging blockchain to help protect uh, information and uh, sourcing information. All right. Excuse my pronunciation on this, but Ajinomoto has utilized its amino acid technologies in successfully developing a highly biodegradable alternative to plastic microbeads for cosmetics. This material has the same feel and function as microbeads derived from plastics, which are widely used in skincare and makeup products. Very concerning. Um, Ajinomoto Co. plans to launch the product in the first half of 2022. Uh, some countries, North America, Europe, and Asia, have already tightened regulations on rinse-off personal care and other products that use plastic microbeads and have switched to alternatives. However, due in part to the technical difficulty of developing an alternative to plastic microbeads, regulations on their use have not been enacted by many major industrial nations. Um, and this is, I remember when they just did this with toothpaste not too long ago, where it turns out you were brushing your teeth with plastic, and now it also turns out that you're probably rubbing it on your skin all day. And it's just like, how much plastic? I was looking this up because of this like little note. We eat five grams of plastic a week, which is one credit card. Like you're literally eating a credit card worth of plastic each week. And then it, some of it just stores in your body. And so how much plastic are you toting around with you just inside of you? It's, it's really kind of concerning to think about uh, because, man, it stuff's everywhere. And you're getting it from the food you eat because it's in the ocean. And then the animals eat it. And then you eat the animals and your plastic's everywhere. And so we're like, our like I mentioned it yesterday, but our aliens going to dig us up at some point and be like, ah, oh, silly humans, you're not supposed to eat that stuff. Uh, <laughs> well, I got to keep uh, my wife from using the credit card some way. Might as well eat it. <laughs> All right. That's, that's a good story. All right. So uh, on to Bostic. So Bostic's expanding its offering in high performance adhesives in the U.S. with the planned acquisition of Edge Adhesives Texas. Um, this is a complementary asset in hot melt adhesives and pressure-sensitive adhesive tapes for residential construction. The project is in line with Arkema's strategy of bolt-on acquisitions to develop greater breadth in adhesives and deliver new products to meet expanding demand. 
This is a bolt-on acquisition for Bostic, and it's part of their growth strategy and high-value-added adhesives as it expands its presence in North America. You know, for me, when I when I read this, it's it's pretty pretty timely acquisition, especially <laughs> uh, when you're targeting the the construction residential construction market when um, it's going crazy, and probably will for the next several years. All right, on to the next one. Uh, Ferro Corporation, a leading global supplier of technology-based functional coatings and color solutions, today announced it has entered into a definitive agreement to be acquired by Prince International Corporation, a portfolio company of American Securities LLC, in an alt-cash transaction valued at approximately $2.1 billion, or 12.4 times EBITDA. The purchase price represents a 25.1% premium to the closing stock price on May 10th. Uh, Ferro supplies functional coatings for glass, metal, ceramic, and other substrates and color solutions in the form of specialty pigments and colorants for a broad range of industries and applications. Ferro products are being sold into the building and construction, automotive, electronics, industrial products, household furnishings and appliance markets, so pretty much everywhere. And good luck to them because if they have product to sell, then they're probably doing pretty good, but if they're like the rest of us, then they're just hanging out. <laughs> All right, um, and our last story is around Altana uh, AG has acquired Henkel's closure materials business. You know, as a result, the Specialty Chemicals Group is strengthening its range of PVC-free solutions for the packaging industry in particular. Sealing compounds are used in a wide variety of packaging, as um, such as for food and beverages. The brands acquired from Henkel includes Cellox and Sincera. The closure materials prevent oxygen ingress after beer bottles have been filled, for example, and help to ensure mineral water enclosures are especially tight uh, yet easier to open, you know, and I'm I'm ultimately familiar when, you know, I open up a bottle of beer and then later uh, when I open up the bottle of Pepto-Bismol to help. Uh, <laughs> All right, that's it for this week and this ind edition of Industry Reactions. We'll return next week with a fresh batch uh, for you all. Until then, stay safe and stay sane.